1: I'd like to take a moment here if you don't mind, Chris. It's your show, Rich. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) This is The Rich
0: Eisen Show,
1: live from the Rich Eisen Show Studio in Los Angeles. I gotta tell you, it is a jewel. The
0: Rich Eisen Show
1: is one of the greatest places I've ever been. I've never seen anything like
0: it. Today's guests ESPN
1: NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky, New York Times NBA columnist Mark Stein host of the office deep dive podcast brian Baumgartner, and now it's rich eisen well hey everybody welcome this edition of the rich eisen show i'm your humble host sitting in the chair uh in los angeles california uh right here on the campus of at&t studios lots going on around here here in los angeles um as I'm sure everybody's seeing on their uh, on their business channels and things of that nature, but we're just sitting right here, us little chickens, in this wonderful little studio right here in El Segundo, <laughs> California, getting ready to talk sports and pop culture. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? My man, am good. Good to see you, Mike Del Tufo. Good to see you. To you, see you. Hello, TJ Jefferson. How are you? Happy Monday, Rick. Happy Monday to you, uh, TJ. The only man on the set who's got two teams in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Feeling good. <Wow. laughs> so we'll talk about that. I like my chances. Uh, I, I, you know what? Hey, uh, everybody! I hope you enjoyed your sports weekend. The NBA regular season is over. The NHL postseason has begun. Uh, triple Crown racing is uh, is is got one more race to go, and um, and there will be no Triple Crown uh, winner. Uh, we're just a few picograms away from all of that, anyway. <laughs> no. um, and uh, so it was quite uh, it was quite a uh, it was quite a weekend in sports. Uh, Manny Machado thought second base was in between <laughs> first and second. We'll talk about that on the program. What is his deal? Uh, and uh, and uh, a, a premier pass rusher in his day. Uh, now coming off an injury marred season. Has switched switch teams within the NFC East. We'll talk about that with Dan Orlovsky of ESPN when he joins us. First up, 18 minutes, because we can't get enough uh, football talk. Ryan Kerrigan went from Washington football team to Philadelphia Eagle. So there's that. So we're keeping an eye, obviously, all and everything going on with Aaron Rodgers. He's still a Green Bay Packer, right, Chris? As far as they can know. very end, good yeah. to know. We've got uh, we're on the we're on the back half of May, 2021. The MVP of the National Basketball Association in the 2020-21-21 uh, season. We have uh, we were a few uh, days away, weeks, if not, uh, from hearing what the final tally of the votes are going to be. But uh, I've been saying it for for days and maybe a couple weeks now. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, many uh, well intentioned and uh, highly knowledgeable members of the association media on this show. And they're like, you can't give it to somebody who's only a couple games above 500. You can't give it to an eighth seater. How dare you call Steph Curry that? Steph Curry is the most valuable player of the 2020 21 season. Period. End of story. Number 30 has done nothing but amazing things this year. And he has been nothing short of the savior of a Warriors season that we thought was toast when in this very town of Los Angeles, California, Clay Thompson blew out his Achilles. That was the end of that. Warriors had no shot to make the playoffs. James Wiseman, second overall selection, has not done much so you choose second overall and the the kid doesn't do nearly as much as LaMelo in his injury March season or certainly Anthony Edwards in his season as a rookie so you don't get much help from your second overall selection that was supposed to be the secret sauce they're choosing second overall and they're getting clay back look out and they don't get much out of the second overall pick there's a huge future for him and clay No Clay at all. What does Steph Curry do? Yes, he gets him to an eight seed. Yes, the Golden State Warriors are only six games above five hundred, but that's just the snapshot of the way they finished up. What Steph Curry did this year is something we've only seen Michael Jordan do before. Win a scoring title over the age of 33. Steph Curry, a 33-year-old, number 30, won the scoring title yesterday with a 46.9 assist, 7-rebound effort that sealed their deal as the 8th seed. Now, normally that would mean that gets the Warriors in the playoffs. Oh, well, that gets them in a play-in game, and we'll put a pin in that for a moment. Curry's been doing this nonstop for weeks. Non-stop for weeks. 50-piece here, 40-piece there. 10-dribble, 3-point attempt there. <laughs> And it goes in, of course. But you take a look at just what Curry, this would be his third MVP awards. Curry's 2015 point season is the second best of his career. He did it in 63 games. This is a shortened season. This is a shortened season. The guy averaged 32 points a game in this shortened season. Not just shortened because of COVID, but due to his own injury status. It's amazing in 63 games what he did. And if you want to sit here and say, what, it's a two-man race? I know Embiid had a terrific season in Philadelphia. You know? It's amazing that, you know, the Nets with their three guys, none of them are a bona fide MVP candidate because of injury problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Utah Jazz, despite their one seed, you know, Spider Mitchell, we're hoping he comes back full strength. There's really no outside of him bona fide MVP candidate. There's Chris Paul in Phoenix. What an amazing year he had. He should get some votes. Right? Right? Giannis is not going to get it again. They're a three-seed, and he, you're not going to give it three times in a row to the same guy when he's just I a three-seed. But his
2: stats were just as good as I, the last two years. I
1: understand that, but you know the way the world works. I do, I do. And the Joker in Denver, the way that you say he is an MVP is he didn't miss a game, right? Did he play all 72? Uh, if, he, if he played yesterday, he did. And you put it in the hopper, his numbers are MVP numbers. And Denver... Was Fork stuck when Jamal Murray goes out? And he keeps him on the straight and narrow. They're the three seed entering the playoffs in the Western Conference. He
2: did play all 72. Yep.
1: A remarkable record of 47 and 25, and he's a major reason why. Major reason why. But Curry's my guy. Because if you're saying Jokic did this with Murray down... Curry did this with clay down. No clay. Not, Not even down, out, out. The whole year. There was a good base of Murray, by the way. Great fantasy teammate. An outstanding <laughs> base of Murray from which to build this 47-25 and 25 record. No clay at all. And Curry does it at age 33, scoring title and everything like that. He's my MVP. And he's also... The MVP of the the play-in game. He's the reason why everyone's going to be tuning in along with LeBron. Steph Curry is the 8th seed star. LeBron is the 7th seed star. And let's talk about this play-in game a little bit here. Because you're going to see that game on Wednesday night, which is the final first round, if you will, play-in tournament game in which the seven and the eight seeds play each other in each conference. The winner just becomes the seventh seed, and the loser has to play the winner of the 9-10 game in an elimination game on Thursday and Friday night. And that winner of that game becomes your eighth seed, and off we go. Into the playoffs, into the wild blue first round yonder. And there's different ways of looking at this. That Wednesday night game on the worldwide leader in sports, Lakers-Warriors, Get your popcorn ready. LeBron versus Steph. Lakers versus Warriors. Let's go. Winner moves on. Loser plays a big-time Friday night elimination game. As we are sitting here right now, we know Friday night, LeBron and Steph, one of those two, LeBron or Steph, will be playing in an elimination game Friday night. And that is intense playoff action that's the positive side of things the negative side of things is LeBron or Steph will be playing in an elimination game on Friday night
2: <laughs> right, right
1: and that's if I'm running a league a little bit too much of a risk for me and while we will be feasting on Wednesday night between Lakers and Warriors and we'll be on the edge of our seat on Friday night with Steph or LeBron needing to stave off either the Grizzlies or Spurs. You know, you don't want Steph or LeBron out of this thing. And if we, this is what you're going to hear about all week long about the playing game. If we sit around and enjoy just the competition, okay, where 9-10 is an elimination game and both losers out. So you get an extra one-and-done game, two extra one-and-done games coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. Problem is with that is there's only one game, one team out of the four above 500. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Everybody else is under 500 in the 9-10 games. Now you could say Charlotte's under 500 because LaMelo went out fine. You'll see LaMelo Ball playing in an elimination game and you got Yama Rant playing in an elimination game. You got young stars of the game. We'll be talking about that and I'm sure we'll come on the air Wednesday morning saying those were intense games Tuesday night. Can't wait for LeBron versus Steph. You know, living in that moment. This is great. We'll be into that. But then again, on the other side of things, you've got Four teams in the 9-10 games playing each other. Only one is above 500. And by the end of all this, sure, we enjoyed Lakers-Warriors on Wednesday night. And you've got the Celtics and the Wizards playing one another. The banged-up Celtics and the red-hot Wizards coming into this game four games under 500, but they're hot because they got Russell triple doubling his head off at 20 points per, 20 rebounds per, and 20 assists per. Here we go. And that'll be fun. But when it's all said and done, are we going to sit here and say, we did all this so four teams, one only above 500, had a shot at making it? Running the risk of knocking LeBron or Steph out? While, guarantee you, Guarantee you this, during the first round of the playoffs, when we first start, we finally get this show on a road, and one team comes out of the gate, a little sluggish, they're down 0-2, we're going to find out, you know what, they were kind of hot if they only started the playoff series Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, supposed <laughs> to sitting on their ass waiting for the 9-10 teams to get their shot out of the way. And if LeBron is the one who gets bounced and the league doesn't have LeBron and the Lakers in the playoffs because Steph's on fire and then all of a sudden the Lakers get a bad injury, bad call, bad this, bad that, and the Memphis Grizzlies shock them, or Pop comes in and pops him, this may be a one-and-done venture, I'll tell you that. There's a lot on the line this week, not just with the these line. teams playing each other, but there's a lot of owners in the league. Don't think just because Cuban avoided this, he's not sitting there thinking this is not the greatest idea. He thought it was a bad idea to do it in a shortened season. We'll see what happens on the back end of things, of a full 82-game schedule once that returns. I I don't know. There's a lot on the line this week that when it comes down to it, We're delaying the first round of the playoffs a week. So four teams, only one above 500, has a shot to play their way in as opposed to just going, Russ is in, Celtics are in, LeBron's in, Steph's in. Let's get Steph going to visit the Jazz. Let's get LeBron going to visit the Suns. Let's get Russ going to visit the Sixers. And let's get the Celtics on their way to play the Brooklyn Nets.
0: And it may work and out that way going. anyway. It
1: may anyway. But you're rolling the dice that it are doesn't. rolling the dice yeah. for a great, as it turns out, Wednesday night game. Pump? Friday night elimination right. game in It'll which awesome. LeBron or Steph have their playoff lives on the line. You yeah. can say, it's not going to happen. Well, when ball gets tipped up, that's still in the ether. Yeah. And we may be entertained by the rest of these games this week. But just keep in your mind's eye when one of these teams might come out of the gate sluggish. Seated one through six. Knicks, they're on fire. You think Knicks fans want to sit around watching nine versus ten? They've been waiting nine, ten years for an opportunity. Knicks versus Hawks, let's go. Nope, they get to sit around for a week. While we all watch and feast on this playing game. My two cents on that. Mark Stein of the New York Times will be joining us in the middle of this show. We'll also talk about the very moving Basketball Hall of Fame ceremonies that went down this weekend in Connecticut. Dan Orlovsky's first up. We'll talk some ball. And then Brian Brian Baumgartner. will talk with him. He's a diehard Falcons fan from Atlanta. Loves Georgia football. Also, he's a... Kind of digs the Packers, too, and Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk with the man who's got a very popular Office podcast that he's adding on to with the Office Deep Dive with Brian Baumgartner, a podcast that's available right now where all podcasts are acquired, including my own, just getting started with birthday boy, Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob's
2: birthday today.
1: It was a big anniversary of a pop culture film over the weekend, and, oh, yes, buried the lead, There Are Aliens. (laughs) Well, I mean... Buried the lead. UFOs. <laughs> well, we're assuming there are aliens well, inside know, those we aircraft know, man, we saw in 60 Minutes yeah. last night. So you're saying Baker Mayfield oh, way, was right? Buried the lead. Here I am playing tournament, and there are aliens flying off the coast of Virginia in a little tic tac. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. Should have inversed that. But that's the way that we, you know, we we play. We put uh, improper perspective on things every now and then. Yeah, Let's probably. take a break. We'll talk football with Dan Orlovsky, and we'll talk with you at 844 204 Rich, being the number to dial here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Before we take a break, I want to tell you about Callaway Chrome Soft, my favorite golf ball. I can tell the difference when I hit a Chrome Soft based on any other rock that I hit. And if I can tell the difference, and Phil Mickelson can tell the difference then you definitely can tell the difference. The original Chrome Soft is Callaway's number one selling tour ball because most golfers love the combination of incredible distance, soft feel, and short game control. But then there's Callaway's number one ball on tour, which is Chrome Soft X, which is dev- designed to give elite players precise shot work ability and amazing greenside action. But if you want to hit bombs, and who doesn't, there's Callaway's longest tour ball, the new Chrome Soft XLS, Low spin profile provides max distance off the tee with tour level short gain spin. Chrome Soft isn't just better, people. It's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft today at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. That's CallawayGolf.com chromesoft Chrome Soft. Back with Dan Orlovsky talking football when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, o o o Auto Parts. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What did you think of Aaron Rodgers' beer-chugging attempt at the Milwaukee Bucks playoff game a few weeks ago, Matt?
2: I'm, like, it. it... It might have been an IPA or something like that. Those IPAs, that's not easy to Mm chug.
1: Folks like um, Trubisky, uh, Mahomes, your buddy Stafford stepped up. and and They were
2: talented, very talented when it came to that. So
1: where do you put yourself in this mix, Matt? Where Uh, Where would you rank yourself? Uh, middle of the road. Middle of the road. Really? For, for, for sure. Well, I mean, and that's why I'm wondering why you would go by the name of Matty Ice, Matt. <laughs> that's why I'm wondering. I mean, that's a beer-infused nickname, and it, it, it doesn't fit anymore. So. Would you agree it doesn't fit anymore, Matt? Are you, is, is the natural <laughs> coming back,
2: or are we making a push for the natural here?
1: No, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm well... I'm pointing out that certain nickname that you've had for a long time, just, just, it. I like beer. Uh, I just throw it out there. I do like beer. Right. So when it comes to it, though, you just, you're not, you're not slamming them back, right? Is what you're Uh, saying? No,
2: I guess I'm, I'm drinking responsibly. Okay.
1: (laughs) You're drinking uh, something that would be responsible, something that would be. Uh, a natural light of some sort man. are you what are you drinking what are you drinking it's been a long time see this, you keep making my point why won't you take the natural from me Matt? Why won't you, Just why won't you just why won't you do it I mean how many times do I have to ask how many times uh, do I have to ask
2: it's uh, just nobody else wants it <laughs>
1: um are you aware I offered it to Stafford, your buddy? You Is that right? Yes. He didn't I did. take it either. Well, I mean, he—that's a no, Matt. Um, hold on a minute. <laughs> Excuse me. Hold on. He—I—I I gave him full disclosure that it was a retread and that you had rejected it. Because <laughs> I know you guys talk. I know you yes. guys—you guys are tight, right? He forgot to mention it to me the last time I saw him. I can't believe that wasn't top of mind for him. Okay, so just just uh, on behalf of all my loved ones who are cringing right now, just tell me to move on, Matt, and I'll move on. Just tell me to move on.
2: Rich, you got to move on. You got to move on. I love you, but you got to move on.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thank you so Thank much. You. <laughs> Even if I gave you a T-shirt or anything? <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, Matt, I can take a hint after nine years or so. Guess who's on to the show tomorrow? Matt Ryan. But we're not going to bring it up, right? No. you got to move on. No. you got to move on. I'm not going to bring just it up. Just a straight interview, please? Straight interview-ish. I've got something planned. Please, oh. please. go. I've got no. something planned. Whatever you, whatever you think it <laughs> is,
2: it's not going to be oh, great. it's great. No, it's not. Yes,
1: it is going to be great. Oh. It's
2: going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Back here on the Rich it. Eisen Show.
1: eight four four two zero four. rich is the number to dial. We just showed Matt Ryan's appearance in 2019. Uh, He is appearing on tomorrow's edition of The Rich Eisen Show, and there's lots to talk about with Matt, certainly since the Falcons decided to go get Kyle
2: Pitts for him
1: (laughs) as opposed to a successor to him. And that is what we call a jackpot when you are in the position that Matt Ryan is in with a few years left on his playing career. And we'll talk about that with Falcons fan Brian Baumgartner later on in hour number three of the show. And for the moment, uh we welcome in from the worldwide leader in sports, someone we haven't spoken to in quite some time, Dan Orlovsky back here on the show. How are you, Dan? I'm
0: doing well, Rich. It's good to be back with you, bud. A great interview with Matt. I can uh I can attest. i I get to enjoy some golf trips with Matt. Yep. Um he's got a lot of nicknames that are worthy of the worthy of the I guess the description. So um, he does a good job.
1: Okay, with the with the libation and whatever what we what you were referring to is him being on in 2019 when everybody was chugging beers um, yeah. after Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had problems doing it with Bakhtiari on the other side of the court in in Milwaukee, um, and I've been trying to get Matt to take a a, a different nickname than Matty Ice. <laughs> For quite some time unsuccessfully but Matt's going to be on tomorrow's show it still does not keep him away from saying yes when I invite him on this program good so that's good good did you think the Falcons made the right maneuver fourth overall Dan Orlovsky in the draft a couple weeks ago
0: yeah I did you know because two reasons one Rich I think Matt's still playing at a really high level I think Matt Ryan probably has three or four good years of can we win a bunch of games division title make playoff run football left in him I think that answer is a resounding yes and the second reason would be I think they're a lot better than their record was last year and I know we come from the NFL world where you are what your record is and that's fair and all that stuff sometimes that's not necessarily true you know and that four and 12 last year very easily could have been seven and nine candidly and and probably should have been eight and eight and so I think they're a football team that went and got Arthur Smith because of a lot of different reasons but They believe he's ready to go take a quarterback that can win now and coach him now. And then I think that the the talent on the football team, certainly offensively, is better than the record was. And so uh, they're a team, because of their schedule, and it doesn't look to be brutally difficult this year, I actually see them as a team that could surprise a lot of people and make some noise. Obviously, the addition of Kyle Pitts is enormous for an offense that was already really good. So, yeah, I I 100% thought that – I went back and forth, back and forth through the months of March and, you know, a little bit of April of, like, what they should do. But at the end of the day, I settled into thinking that they should 100% take Kyle who's there and build around that. Well, I mean, it
1: might have been a different ball of wax, to be very honest, had, you know, uh, Trey Lance been sitting there, had the 49ers surprised everybody and taken uh, Justin Fields off the board or the initial thought of Mac Jones, if that actually been the case. You know, I just think when it comes down to the choice of who was remaining at quarterback for them and Kyle Pitts with the the amount of money that Ryan is making right now and the virtual impossibility of um, trading him or or moving him, that, that right. Pitts sitting there is generationally talented as he appears to be. That's the winner. I thought that was a smart move by them, too
0: to be honest. Yeah, with you. totally. And then what do you do? Like let's let's play the hypothetical game if you're the Falcons and Kyle Pitts is there and Trey Lance is there, right? And over the next 2 years Matt Ryan continues to be your starting quarterback but you're a, you know, an 8 and 9 football team, so to speak, right? Or a 9 and 8 football team. Yes. And that doesn't get you in the 7 football team. and You don't get in and you're sitting there going, "Well, we've got this first round draft pick. We think he's going to be really good." We don't know cuz he hasn't played but He's just sitting there on the bench, and we could be an impactful player away from being a, a, a win or more per season, two wins or more per season. Then you're in the dance, and God only knows what happens. And so that's why I think like the reality that they're a better football team than their record was last year, and you don't want to be sitting there going, you know what, we, we might have had a chance you know, within our division and in, within the NFC playoffs to make a run, but we, we chose to kind of go to the future.
1: Dan Orlovsky here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. What what do you think about Justin Fields and where he wound up? And I know your commentary on Justin Fields throughout the the draft process definitely uh, made your life a little bit more interesting for a few days. I think. <laughs> so, what do you think about the way it all wound up, Dan Orlovsky?
0: Yeah, it's not it's not the ideal fit for a player just because Chicago's reality. You know, Chicago's reality twofold. One that their organization with the general manager and head coach like you need to prove two things this year that you can win mm. and that you can develop the young quarterback neither Matt Nagy their head coach or Ryan Pace their general manager is going to get an extended look at the second opportunity to develop a young quarterback that you you know that this doesn't happen in the NFL right usually you get a chance at a young quarterback at those roles and if you fail to do it you're gone And so the the reality that they need to go develop him quickly, I think forces him on the field sooner than you ideally want perfect world want. And then two, you have to win football games doing it. You know, and I always say that the challenge for a young quarterback going into the NFL, one of the greatest challenges is you're expected to do both for some teams. You know, you're expected to develop, which means breaking old habits, learning how to study tape versus watch tape develop new good habits championship winning habits that's like developing right finding what you don't do well and working at it to make sure it doesn't become your fatal flaw that's the development of the quarterback oh hey also you have to win on sundays and as athletes often when winning above everything is the most important thing you revert back to old habits and so it's hard to kind of break those things and create new ones while doing it and so I don't love the, the, the landing spot for Justin. Um, I do think that he will be and should be their day one starter. Um, one, because their, their weakness as an offense is their, their offensive line. It's not dominant. Well, his athleticism can mask some of that. And then two, you want him to be playing his best football in November and December. And so repetition matters for that. And what's best for Justin Fields is not what's best for Matt Nagy. What's best for Justin Fields? Yes. Get acclimated to the NFL. Get yourself ready. Um, you know, wait a couple weeks till it's your turn, so to speak. Well, Matt Nagy, again, needs to win and show well early on. And so I think he'll play. I think he'll play early on. Um, but there's ways to get him to be successful on the field, absolutely.
1: It's interesting you say that about um, it is a rarity for for a coach and a general manager to get – another opportunity at uh, coaching up a player at this position who's drafted in the first round. Certainly more rare for the general manager to be kept around to be able to trade up again for another quarterback. At least for Nagy, he was uh, coach of the year in his first year with Trubisky, and then we all know less than, and they did make the playoffs last year. But put it all together with what you just said, You know, Nagy came on the show, I guess it was like 10 days ago, and you you i'm sure you heard this as well from 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 him uh his plan is to sit fields as long as he possibly can like he 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 wants to make him the mahomes to dalton's um alex smith and i even had yeah. to say in the middle of the conversation i don't think you're going to get that luxury and you're sitting right. there saying he's got to pop him out there week 1 like let's go deep end of the pool and figure it out from the start like I, I think you're, you're I think you're more closer to reality than than what yeah. the coach is attempting. Yeah,
0: and, I, and, and Rich, I think two things really. You know, like listen, Justin Fields physically is very much so ready to go play in the NFL. He's not going to be perfect. He's going to make mistakes. There's I pointed out all draft season. There was two issues with this game that he's going to have to get better physically at. But talent wise, he's ready to go. And I think for Matt Nagy, it's not necessarily first of all, being ready to play in the NFL as a rookie quarterback is like being ready to be a parent. You don't really know until you're out there. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, like who's actually ready to have a child? I don't know. You just figure it out when it happens. And so it's the same with being a quarterback, man. Like you go out there and I think for Matt Nagy, the big thing to figure out is where's Justin mentally with, you got to have a force field around you when it comes to, cause you're going to struggle. And so is he mentally ready to handle, like, the scrutiny and the hate and the expectations and the boos? You know, is he mentally ready to have some success as a rookie as well? Not like, yes, you got to go in the huddle and call the plays and intellectually be able to understand that, but Justin can do that. And so I think that Matt Nagy, dude, don't hold him back. You know, and everyone continues to say the Mahomes thing. Uh, yeah. First of all, it was a playoff caliber roster, both uh, defensively and offensively in Kansas City. He had one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the game and Andy Reid, and Alex was an absolute stud. I don't think that replication of that is in Chicago.
1: By the way, great analogy, Dan. I got benched many times in that 2008 season when my firstborn came home. <laughs> uh, it wasn't pretty. No um, doubt. I fought through it I ran out of times. the
0: end zone many a times for the first time that I was <laughs> <surfing again. laughs>
1: Well done. Dan Orlovsky here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, what do you make of Ryan Kerrigan's signing in Philadelphia from Washington football teamer to Philadelphia Eagle and how you see the NFC East playing out. And the thing I f- find so fascinating about the NFC is very rare does a schedule release actually uh, intensify a conversation about a division. Uh, it it seems Washington football team in particular uh, finishes all five games of their regular season yeah. schedule in division. It is something else. That division is going to be totally up for grabs entering December. I'll give you the floor on the Kerrigan signing. And uh, what you think about this division?
0: Yeah, the Kerrigan signing is a good, solid signing by Philly. Um, I think he's. I don't think we're expecting Ryan Kerrigan from the last, you know, five years ago in Washington. Josh Sweat is probably going to be their main guy in Philadelphia as far as a pass rusher, but you know, Kerrigan's certainly going to be able to come in and be a situational pass rusher. Um, and just add another body to their defensive line philly's actually done a quietly solid job of kind of putting together a decent roster because three months ago it was a bad football team talent wise so i think it's like a good solid signing i'm not going to make a huge big deal about it the nfc east is going to be really fascinating to me because you know there's so many ifs attached or or there's a giant if attached to each team when it comes to okay who am i going to peg to win it like I, if, if you told me Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to look like 50 of last year, give me Washington. I think they got a chance to have like a top three defense in the whole NFL. Give me Washington. Um, if Daniel Jones takes a relatively big step in year three and Saquon comes back and looks like Saquon, well, I like the Giants then, you know, really good because their defense is going to be really, really impressive. If Dallas's defense is, is an absolute embarrassment and a debacle, well, Dallas is intriguing then. But Dallas' defensive line gave up three and a half yards per carry before touching the ball carrier last <laughs> year. So like you gotta that's gotta take like a that we need to see a Josh Allen type of jump from that defense. Um if Jalen Hurts becomes a player that like is is even exceeding expectations, then I'll take Philly. So that's why like I, I sit here today and I go all right, if I was a betting person, give me the Washington football team. I think they're the best football team. I think they're the best coached football team in that division. Second, candidly, I'm taking the Giants. I think the Giants are going to be a lot better than people expect, and I love their defensive coordinator. Then I'll take Dallas, and then I'll take Philly.
1: I know this is the lowest of low-hanging fruit, and I love Jason Garrett. That is my way of saying, with all due respect, so many people are like Garrett with Daniel Jones. They're like, this is a big— year for Daniel Jones I mean the the yeah. owner John Mara has already come out and say we think this is a playoff type caliber player that this is the moment like when Eli started taking off and that this yes. is the guy that now has Kenny Galladay to go along with Saquon and an offensive yeah. line that appears to be built and ready for this moment that is an underreported conversation I think right now um And you do think, though, that the formula is there for Big Blue?
0: I absolutely do. Um, First of all, they got some skill players now, like Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. Obviously, you mentioned the addition of Kenny Galladay. Shep is a really good slot. And then Kadarius Toney. So I called a couple Florida games for ESPN because doing college football on the weekends. And doing Florida games, two guys just massively stood out for their offense. One, Kyle Pitts, who we've talked about. And two was Kadarius Toney. And, yes, he did remind you a little bit of Percy Harvin, probably a little bit more of Tyler Lockett for me, where it's like you just – I mean, think about this. If you're Jason Garrett and you're the Giants and you're getting Saquon Barkley back healthy, right? This is the – assuming he's healthy. I mean, if I get 70 offensive snaps a game, Kadarius Toney and Saquon Barkley are getting 30-plus of them. Like, that's – you feel really good about that because those guys – the NFL game right now is about – touches and space it's not about the old school balance of run versus pass it's touches and space and if I can get those two guys touches in space 30 times a game Daniel Jones job is going to be really easy and I don't care how many times I have to do it or how different I have to do it with him and so while the offensive line is still a little question markish for me and I know Dave Gettleman says that they have higher expectations than the national media when it comes to the offensive line you, that you still got to go prove it to me at, at that side or that at that aspect of the um, the line of scrimmage. Um, but Daniel Jones' job is relatively easy this year. Um, I'd say the two things for him for him to prove that or, or to take this team to the playoffs, which he should, Rich, which he should, and to prove that he's the guy for the future. One, stop with the stupidity, like in those moments where. He's got to get rid of 12 plays a season, the stupid 12 plays. you are like, dude, why are you panicking with the football in that moment? Stop. That is stupid. You're too smart to be stupid with the ball in that moment. Okay. And two is there's going to be, again, 10 or 12 plays this season where the play doesn't work. Okay. Defense wins the rep. Show me you can be a guy who goes above the X's and O's. So we're talking 24 plays, right? 24 to 30 plays this year. Where Daniel Jones takes this team to the playoffs, and Daniel Jones kind of silences a lot of critics.
1: Last one for you, Dan Orlovsky. Uh, what do you think is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Uh, I still, every single time, I, I I think I've got an answer, and I've got my, uh, my my you know arms wrapped around it. It's something. It looks something completely different. The analogy we've we've been using here is like that. Seinfeld girlfriend that looks great in a certain light, and then a certain light does not. It's just something yeah. that's constantly changing. What do you think is happening with Aaron Rodgers?
0: Yeah, yeah I obviously think it's very much so relational, you know, that, that he is uh, feels offended, disrespected, lacks trust, right? Without trust, there is nothing. You know, without communication, there is no reason for us to go forward. I was thinking about this this morning, though, Rich, because for, for all the... Um, probably the uneasiness or unrest or disrespect or emotional feelings that Aaron might be having with his organization. It is a reality to sit here and say, this is where I think the agent comes into play big in this situation. And his agent is a guy that I had, David Dunn, athletes first. He's one of the best, most powerful, most connected agents in the NFL. Because the truth is if Aaron Rodgers is that upset about what's going on in Green Bay, the question becomes, One, does he really want to go? And two, if he wants to go, or no, let me phrase it like this. What's more important, leaving or getting out and going to a contender? Because I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers, because his agent David Dunn is probably sitting there talking to these teams and going, okay, who of you are actually interested in in making this happen, right? Because you'd have to go back to Aaron Rodgers, the player you represent, and go, Aaron, hey, the only team that's really going to make an offer that the Packers are going to entertain is, let's say, the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Okay, if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you want to go end the last three years of your career with the Raiders who don't have a win-now roster, whose defense is not very good? Are you, like, Is it worth leaving Green Bay to go to the Raiders who you're unlikely to win a Super Bowl with? Or is it worth staying and figuring it out? Because if David Dunn tells him, hey, man, Um, these teams, they're not contenders, and their roster isn't good. That's when Aaron's going to have to sit back and go, whoa. You know, i got a team in Green Bay that we think we can go win a Super Bowl with. I might have to figure out a way to get this right and stay. Now, if he comes back and goes, the Denver Broncos are in, Aaron ain't going back, right? If the Denver Denver Broncos are going to sell the farm, Aaron's not going back.
1: Why do you like the Broncos? Why do you
0: think? Well, he I think would the, Broncos, like the Broncos. I, I think I, I'll I'll put it like this way, Rich. If the Broncos go and trade three or four first round picks for Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. the Chiefs are scared. The Chiefs are concerned because the Broncos got a top I don't know six seven defense. They got a defensive coordinator, head coach that's phenomenal. They got pieces and weapons on offense. Sutton's going to be back healthy, really good. Vance is really good. They got a a very much so improved offensive line. They have pieces. That is a team that if Aaron Rodgers goes to them, the Chiefs in the AFC are concerned and they are no question bona fide Super Bowl contenders.
1: So why wouldn't the Broncos do something like that? Because the Packers aren't entertaining it or what?
0: Last well, no, I, I think the Broncos would and will, you know. I, I think the Broncos will be very aggressive to it. Uh, what the price is going to be, I, I would imagine it's three or four first-rounders. um, And maybe Drew Locke, who they flip or something like that. But I don't, you know, it, and candidly, like Green Bay, I've said this, should entertain it. You started this clock a year ago. You were expecting for this life to happen. Um, and so I think the Broncos will.
1: Dan, appreciate the time. Uh, Dan Orlovsky of NFL Live and the worldwide leader in sports, uh, college and professional football. Let's do this more often, Dan. Look for my call. Thanks the for the time. Boss. Right back at you. It. Anytime, bud. You got it. That's Dan Orlovsky. I follow him on Twitter. You should as well. He thinks the Broncos will be aggressive. When?
2: Oh, baby, let's go.
1: <laughs> We're two weeks away from that being a little bit more intense. Yep. Nothing's happened before June one. So we'll bide our time and take your phone calls. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Something Dan just said definitely got me thinking. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code ISEN when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code
0: ISEN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: you leave I'd like to play a game that we've created here called start bench cut similar to that you know Blank Mary kill game that we always used to play as kids. Okay. Did we, as kids, play that? Well, or, or as collegiate. Sort of like last or or week. adults, or yeah, last, yeah. Week. Yeah, okay. last week. We call it start bench cuts. You can have to start somebody, bench somebody, and cut somebody, and we have a Game of Thrones theme to it. Yes. Okay. All right. What's the first one, Chris Brockman? What do you uh, have for the First one on? is your favorite Game of Thrones character. Uh, okay, hold on. Just to give him the three Khaleesi, Jon Snow, Jorah Mormont Mm, start you have to bench, st- cut. You have to start, start bench one, cut. Bench one and
2: cut. I'm starting Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Chains. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, Benching Jorah and I'm Cutting John.
1: Cutting Whoa, John You wow. can't
2: have any rivalry, John. He's trying to you know <laughs> he's his getting, hand, but he's trying oh, to get in there Oh right? my god. We gotta, we gotta cut we gotta cut wow. John. Okay. Didn't oh, see oh, that cut. Okay, well,
1: it's cutthroat, but because we also knew one of the many times we have conversations, you, you're a big Jorah fan. I right? am. I am, and now that he's got the go the out, you know, he's. healed.
2: Yeah, he's okay. So John Snow's out. And John's out. He could be in. Okay. Not related, But well, yeah, I know <laughs> he's
1: I don't think that matters. <laughs> yes, Game of Thrones. All right, well, give him another one right there. Okay, the nastiest MFR on Game of Thrones. You have to start one, you have to bench one and cut one. Ramsey Bolton, Walder Frey, Joffrey. This
2: fist's nastiest. I mean, you got to start Ramsey. He's the worst. I mean, he is the yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. he's the worst of all time. Worst of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna bench Joffrey because he's close. You mm-hmm. know, he the stuff that he did. I mean, Sansa's put up with all this crap from the men in her life. She's so exactly. a big better man, exactly. Right? And so I'm gonna bench Walter <laughs> Frey. He's up there, but his death was okay. uh, was exciting. So you cut just him. Cut he's out. Fine. He's cut, out. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, which he actually was, in fact, cut. Right. Arya, literally from all that? Okay. And then we'll just do one more uh, favorite movie. Okay, the three choices are Shawshank Redemption, The Fugitive, You've Got Mail. (laughs) Start, bench, cut. I'm I'm starting The Fugitive. I mean, Tommy
2: Lee and and, uh, Harrison Ford, fantastic. The best, right? I'm going to bench Shawshank, phenomenal movie as Hmm. well. And I'm cutting You've Got Mail. (laughs) He loves You've Got Mail. mail. It's not even the best Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movie. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, but it's exactly. modern times. Online yeah, and all that. Sleepless in stuff. Seattle.
1: That was like a phone call on a radio show. No one. Yeah, but you've got dial-up. You've got dial-up email. Nah, Come on now. <laughs> you guys are. You guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are wrong. Our entire show archive is on our YouTube page. YouTube.com/slash/Rich Eisen's Show. Soon to be uh, 267 thousand subscribers please join us there back here on the rich eisen show one big happy radio family please get peacock everybody if you want to see us every day peacock tv.com it's free we're on after dan patrick taking you to brother from another every single day on the nbc sports on peacock channel call us eight four four two zero four rich number to dial you can listen to us on nbc sports audio sirius xm channel 211 stream for free on odyssey or this rich eisen show radio affiliate smart enough to have us so, um, I will ask you this question, Chris Brockman, TJ Jefferson. Feel free to time chime in, uh, Mike Del Tufo. Always, Rich. Uh, I didn't have just you. you just sit there. <laughs> I mean, I I chime in as much as I possibly. Would can. you give up four first round selections for Aaron Rodgers? Oh Ooh. no! Would no. you give up three first round selections for Aaron Rodgers if you're the Denver Broncos? Yes. No. <laughs> hmm.
2: <laughs> Two For, to force, 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 you break the tie. Force too much.
1: How old is he? 36. He will be thirty-eight years of age. Man, Don't forget what Tom Brady looks like right now, and what the Bucks just did. All in what that what what that's meant to just change the lives of Bruce Arians and Jason Light and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and just keep going on. We could go on and on and on. Just one championship. What that has meant. I I think that LA would do that. It'll
2: be thirty-eight December second. Yep. Yeah, I think that. If you're you speaking Broncos,
1: and do you do you accept that if you're the Green Bay Packers, you're not going to have a choice. He'll sit out. No, he won't. You have a choice. I I, I don't believe. Again, you've seen Blazing Saddles, right? Yes. And by the way, I've pulled this negotiation a, a couple of times in my career, and may have to do it again. <laughs> have you seen blazing saddles the movie blazing? It, it, it's been a while but okay that where where the sheriff played by the brilliant and hilarious cleavon little Amazing. pulls a gun and puts it to his own head and makes the townspeople think he's actually robbing himself and holding himself up and the townspeople are like whoa please don't hurt yourself no 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 roger's basically said, i will hold out i will i will i will hold out and i'll give up 14 15 million dollars just to prove a point and I, you know, just take a look at, you know, just hear about my reputation in the league from everybody saying that once I get my mind on something, it's tough to get me off it. You you just wait. You want Jordan Love with the uh, you know, reps only from OTAs and and uh training camp. He comes out and steps all over himself from the first preseason game. You think you think that oh and then by the way, you know, go ahead and you enjoy um you enjoy that that uh, shareholders meeting off of all that. Talking to you, Mike. Yeah, Mike. All those town <laughs> townspeople. part of that. Where where we think Aaron Rodgers will pull a Hoosiers, come on in saying, I think it's time for me to play ball. Yeah, I play ball only if Gutekunst goes. <laughs> it's kind of like a reverse Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, you're making me think of cheese no, but reverse that's his was. play. That's his play. I, I think the Packers stare him down on that one. okay I do. I think the Packers stare him down on that one. But if there is a phone call that comes in from Denver, they they see a 303 area code, and it's George Payton calling up uh, Brian Gutekunst and says, hey, how about three first-rounders for Aaron Rodgers? I think the Packers say yes to that. As Orlovsky points out, yeah, man. They're the ones who started the clock. They're the ones who said after the 2021 season, it's the time that they're going to start... Moving on, why else do you choose a first-round drafted quarterback in the era in which you needed in the first three years to figure out if you're going to pick up somebody's fifth-year option? This is year two. You're going to need to see that third year on the field before you go ahead and pick up that fifth-year option. Or at least trade him to somebody who's going to pick up a fifth-year option. At least Carolina saw something out of Sam Darnold after acquiring him after year three to say, yeah, we'll take that fifth year at 18-some-odd million. Does Denver offer the three? Boy, they got to think long and hard about it. Think long and hard about it. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, is that the answer? Is that the answer? Are you in win-now mode? Or are you building for like 10, 12 more years to go? Aaron's going to go. Yeah, you know what, age 42, 43, if you're lucky? Is Brady the anomaly or is he just showing you the way of a TB12 system? Could there be an AR12 system? Let's go. Oh, we know AR12 is doing the TB12. Well, that's what, uh, that's what uh, Albert Breer Albert dropped that nugget. You're Denver. Do you do that? Tough to say no to that. Tough
2: to say no, man.
1: And Green Bay has to think about it and say, hey, look, here's three first-round picks. And then go into the season with Jordan Love and say, this is the bed we've made, let's go. It's a year earlier than we wanted, but let's go. Yeah. Last guy to be an MVP that didn't play for the, his team they he won the MVP for the next season was Jim Brown because he retired. Is he quit. <laughs> to Crazy. go hang out, as, as, he saw, as he said on this set right here, hung out with Raquel Welch. I mean, uh, here's I
2: mean. your coat,
1: Mr. Brown. Here's your coffee, Mr. Brown. Here's everything, you know. Kind of dig that idea. Yeah. Didn't get that in Cleveland. Running, foot, running footballs. Does Aaron want to quit mm-hmm. to hang out with Johnny Gilbert? I don't know about that. It's a <laughs> lot of money. And he'd have, cut, he'd have to cut checks back to the franchise. Yeah. Get back signing bonus money. Do you do that if you are Denver? 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Mark Stein of uh, the New York Times. The old gray lady, as they say in the business. He'll be joining us in hour number two to talk about the play-in games as they are set. People want to talk about it. 844-204-RICH will take your calls at the top of the next hour. Also, we'll review what happened in the Basketball Hall of Fame induction speeches and ceremony over the weekend. Brian Baumgartner from the office. Uh, He will be joining us To talk about his podcasts on that subject, Aaron Rodgers, his Falcons, and more. Hour number one here on this busy mid-May Monday of the Rich Eisen Show is in the books. Hour number two on the other side. Still here on Peacock. One other thing that Dan Orlovsky said that uh, I want to touch on here is he said that uh, being a rookie quarterback in the NFL, you never know if you're ready. It's kind of like parenting. You never know if you're ready. You're just thrown into the deep end of the pool of never know if you're ready for a kid. You are nodding your head as you are nodding right now, right? Oh, man. The only difference between parenting and being a rookie quarterback in the NFL to learn if you're ready for it, with parenting, you don't have to have press conferences afterwards.
0: (laughs) No, but
2: you should.
1: You should. You know, and I'd watch. You should have to answer for some of the dumbass things that
2: you've done. <laughs> I'd well, watch.
1: you know, hey, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been trying, you know, I've been studying all week for that big diaper moment and, you know, uh, didn't see number one coming straight at me when I thought number two was the only thing I was going to be having to clean up. I need to clean that one up, uh, not just, uh, you know, not just, you know, in terms of my space. I just got to clean up my game a little bit here and I'll just be better the next time promise yeah that whole uh switch and formula thing didn't understand the whole yeah. concept <laughs> yeah. about uh about what that would mean for um boom boom and you know snack i understand too, it ju- snack too late before dinner exactly we saw that yeah the other day on Maybe. twitter right i yeah. mean i'd love to host post-game parenting. just need to take one meal at a time one bottle at a time hope for the best one nap at a time. parenting red zone we're going to go to Brockman. Parenting red Zone. I'm in. Oh, yeah. I'm have a blast. Parenting Red Zone. <laughs> I'd be in. That's let's, let's go to Chris to Brockman. Brockman. Let's two-box pr- it. Pretty two pretty box. Funny.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hit, let's let's two-box Chris Brockman and Sarah Tiana's reaction to Chris's <laughs> handling of, uh, of nap time. Jeez.
0: Rich Eisen, what movie should he we watch? We're going live. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd be in. I'd <laughs> moving on. time at the Eisen. Moving
1: time at the Eisen. It's Chris Brockman. <laughs> how, did, uh, how did Castaway go for Cage this weekend? You show him Castaway? <laughs> Not yet.
2: He also doesn't understand what's going on. He's he's just more into golf and baseball. Oh, you
1: took him to Dodger Stadium, We, we did. We yeah, went to the game on that. That was so Friday. cool.
2: Amazing.
1: That was cool. He was so into it. See, but after two, you know, we after left, two we innings. You left after the fourth. Of course. All because all he wants to do is, oh, the seats go up and down. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, the, and the second inning took about an hour because the Dodgers scored eight.
1: Did you get a helmet uh, ice cream? There it is. <laughs> I'll teach you. I had no idea you were on the island. That would have helped him out immeasurably. I was on the other side of it, though. Yeah. That's great. By the way, let's make more memes of this, please. <laughs>